So the stone tap takeover is coming to town, Luke, mm. across the local tap house and the Ale House project. And it's the weekend that I'm going to be in Perth. But you know what? I'm struggling to be upset about it at this stage. Have you seen the list of beers that uh, Greg, yeah, Greg Cook's going to be yeah. presenting to us? Uh, obviously, it's going to be great. It's going to be an extravaganza. But I don't know. I thought, I'd, don't... Be, I thought I'd be crushed because I was super excited when I heard about the possibility of that happening in Melbourne. But I don't know. Here we are and I'm all right. What about the Kelly Belgique IPA? It's one that I've actually had before. So um... Have you had it in white wine barrels? No, that does sound really, really good, doesn't it? Have you had it in red wine barrels? Unbelievable. Really? Yep. That's one I hadn't seen, actually. So yeah. That, that would be really good. That does sound pretty good. What about the oak-aged, oak-smoked Old Guardian barley wine? I you tried that one. I don't know what to think about that, but that would be good. But, I mean, there's plenty of smoked barley wines out there. I don't think there are. I'm trying to make myself feel better about this. What about 2011 Imperial Stout? Well, yeah, I'm sure it's going to be pretty good, but how many Imperial Stouts have you had lately? What about their new go-to IPA? I don't even know what that is. It's their new beer. Oh, is it? Yeah. Okay. That's going to be there. They've got their chili beer there as well. Really? Yeah. That's precarious. So if they do it well, it could be good, but chili beers, you know how they are. We've also got a double bastard ale from 2009. Oh, you know what? So I, I've never been a fan of the bastard. Have you had double bastard on dark toasted oak? Oh, obviously not, and that sounds pretty good, really. There's also the Woot Stout, the collaboration beer. Oh, with Will Wheaton. Mm. Yeah. That's one I'd really like to have, actually. Mm. Uh, espresso Imperial Russian Stout from last year. Yeah. You tried that one? No, I haven't. I think you're getting a little bit off offhand with me now. We tried that one. Yeah, yeah. You know what? It is starting to sound pretty good. So we'll see you there. Well, I can't get it. I can't get it going to Perth now. Maybe I'll. How much does it cost to change flights? I think it's pretty cheap. It is it like hundred bucks or so? I'll look into it. Yeah. Okay. I'll right, we'll see you there. Sweet. Luke, how are you? I'm all right, how are you? Very well, thanks. We should welcome our guest. We have a guest in the studio. Josh, how's it going? Very well, thank you. How are you? Uh, I'm pretty good. For those who don't know, Josh is one of the... What do you call yourself at the brewery? Um, Cleaners. Okay, Um, yep. A Josh of all trades. A Josh of all trades, Okay, from the Moon Dog Brewing Company, if anyone hasn't worked it out yet. uh, We're very glad to have you in, to have Mm. a little bit of a chat. And we're glad to have you in because... Uh, I just I thought this was an opportune moment to uh, reach into my little collection at home, and I've brought in the first three bottled vintages of the Black Lung. Yeah, which is a bit of fun. Very exciting. It's yeah, a, I reckon because I certainly haven't had the pleasure of imbibing for the last two two years or something. Oh, awesome! Cool. It should be fun. Uh, have you had a sip of the? We've just started on number one. Have you had a sip yet? No, not yet. But I've been sniffing it. Yeah, it smells amazing. Yeah, it smells delightful. Mm. I was just sniffed quite loudly, and I'm. Let's just take a moment to sniff into our microphones. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I've just had a taste, and it's tasting spectacular. Um, The bourbons, it's still got that vanilla there. There's there's a bit of sweetness. What do you think? Um, I think it's great. um, It almost feels like the the smoke has uh, uh, petered out a little bit. Mm. It has a little bit, if you will. 
Yeah, it's not bad. Yeah, yeah. quite enjoyed that. Uh, it's only seven percent, seven point five percent. Did you say seven point seven? Seven point seven. It's almost drinking like an imperial stout. There's a, a big body there, um, which I'm not sure if I got when I first drank it, but that was a long time ago. Now these beers have um, made us so excited. We've just jumped straight into discussing them. Uh, yeah. We normally have a little bit of a fun catch up uh, at the top of the show. So, so let's let's do a bit of a fun catch up, Dave. All right. What have you been up to? Well, when was the last show? Was two it weeks? exactly two weeks ago? Yeah. So in that time, oh right, yeah. Last weekend I went up to Bright and Beechworth and stayed in the lovely Beechworth. It's so nice up there. I'd like to retire there one day soon. That'd be nice. Uh, we stayed in Tanswell, next next door to the Bridge Road Brewery, um, and it was lovely. The weather was good. Bright's a beautiful um, part of the state as well. So. I had a wonderful time at the breweries and, oh, you know what the, I've never seen before that they got on? Um, at the Bright, they had like a Belgian apple ale they did with like Batlows uh, in collaboration. What does that involve? I have no idea. Oh. I don't know what, at what stage they use the apples, but it's real delicate. It's like mm. a real, um, like a Belgian wit mm. is the style, but with a little bit of apple and it's very, very tasty. Sounds pretty fun. The other one that's fun is the, um, did you get to try it last year at Gab's there? Barley wine, the super mucolagilistic expialidocious or whatever it's called. Oh, I, I, I really can't remember <laughs> very much from the games last year. Do you remember year. that one? Uh, you were there, of course. Yeah, Have I you tried it since so. then? No, I didn't. Well, I had that pegged as the number one Gab's beer of the festival until I tried Brico Karma. Um, and it's tasting better now than it was then. So it's wow. pretty extraordinary. Uh, the other thing that's just a, a joy is having Beechworth Pale Ale fresh on tap. That's a really good beer, so and good. I know he changes it regularly in mm. terms of what hops are around. Uh, I think last time I had it, it might have been Vic's Secret he was using. I uh, don't think it's that hop that I had, because Vic's Secret's pretty... Grassy. Uh, grassy, and you can pretty much detect that mm. with relative ease. What else has been going on? Um, I haven't been up to much Really, we went to the showcase the other day. Yes, exactly right. We went to the show. We madly ran around so that, looking for people to talk to yeah, for so content the, for this very show. So the Good Beer Week showcase um, launched, or was on the same day as the Good Beer Week guide was launched. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we'll, um, I guess we'll delve into that over the next couple yeah, of weeks. I'm still trying to actually get over it, the initial overwhelming sensation when I saw the Good Beer Week guide. Mm, there are a lot of things. Um, and we'll chat to Josh about what you've got um, in the next segment, because I think you've got some an exciting event planned. A couple got, of pretty yeah. epic events that yeah. I've seen them involved with, yeah. Um, so the showcase, I didn't stick around for that long. It looked like it was pretty busy. Uh, did you stay around, Dave? Oh, I was there for maybe 20 minutes more than you were, so mm. I got out of there pretty quick. But um, Josh, you would have been there both days. What was the, yeah, what what was was, the vibe? It was a great vibe, really, really, uh, really positive. Uh, it's a great venue. It's it is nice, beer. isn't it? Yeah. Really nice. Yeah. It's the Ormond Hall, if anyone who's not in the state or country, um, uh, next to Village Melbourne, it's good. That was very enjoyable. What was the feedback for your particular beers you had there? I, I think pretty positive. Pretty positive. Um, what was it you had on tap? We, we had, um, of course, our Love Tap double lager, which... Um, Taking the world was, by storm? Oh, look. Taking Melbourne It's, it's certainly the... In the, in the top few double lagers coming out of Abbotsford right now. <laughs> um, and we had our new Jukebox Hero uh, IPA, West Coast IPA. Pretty tasty. Is that, am I correct in saying that's going to be part of your regular range? It is. I think that it may even be in bottle shops now. 
Great. Oh, really? But then again, I may be wrong. Okay. <laughs> well, probably by the time I edit this, because, you know. It's definitely, it's definitely out there. Go and buy some. <laughs> it'll, it'll be tasty. Uh, any, any standouts from other brewery, breweries that you – did you get a chance to – I, I, I was actually working behind the bar mm. the majority of the time. I saw time. you making some pretty funky black and tans with a couple of beers from the Cavalier Boys as well. Oh, yeah, we, we had, it was had a bit of fun. So, <laughs> um, really, I, I only got to venture within maybe five metre radius of the uh, of our little stall. Which got you a couple more stalls you could uh, check out. So that's cool. <laughs> um, yeah, it was good to see the Good Beer Week team owning that event and um, sort of combining it with Good Beer Week as well. In terms of launching as a launchpad sort of yeah. thing, yeah, that's kind of cool. Um, I didn't follow up on it. Do you know who won any of the people's pints or whatever they're called or people's choice awards? People's choice, yeah. And... yeah. Um, it was Monster Mash. Oh, the kaiju. Uh, yeah, kaiju. Yeah. We'll, we'll have to edit the Monster Mash for trademark reasons. Yeah, <laughs> the Monster Energy Drinks will be coming after us. <laughs> yeah, uh, they they won alongside Boat Rocker. I believe. Oh, Boat Rocker Ramjet, which everyone was talking about. Hang on a second. Beer. Did they go back-to-back back with that beer? Because that won that last year. Back-to-back. Back. Oh, not last year, or last whatever time period. They, do they do it October and March? Is that when the yeah, showcases yeah. are? But um, you know what? Speaking of that, you know what I enjoyed a lot more than the Ramjet? The Sturk and Donker, that Belgian quad or whatever it is that they've got mm. there. That's, that's probably seven or eight months old now. It's sensational. I, uh, I think I've still got Sturk and Donker in the in my cellar at home. It's but enjoyable now, yeah. but it might be... I, I like the Ramjet a lot, mm. but... Um, I I, I've been pretty impressed with what they're doing at the moment. Yeah, since um, they had their new... Um, considering they were started as just doing like a pail and a pilsner. A couple of pails, yeah, exactly. Mm. Um, For years, that was them, and now they've got their own brewery. That and Misfit is a cracker. Mm. That's a good beer. Mm. I don't know if they're doing that anymore, but I like yeah, it. Yeah, I think they're still doing it. Um, and their summer stout, which was out over the summer st- summertime, was... I thought it was outstanding. Awesome. Um, it was pretty sweet. I don't think I saw it around anywhere. Yeah, it was on tap at a few places. Okay. It tasted like uh, any New Zealand listeners will, will recognise the flavour as being Jelly Tip, which is a New Zealand raspberry chocolate ice pole thing. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. Mm. Cool. It's delicious. Um, I don't really think I have anything else other than those two things. Did I have anything? No, I don't think so. No, Josh, um, you want any, anything, anything you've been up to? That, you, that um, you've done since the last show? Since <laughs> the last show? Um, well, what you started a brewery, time? I think. Um, <laughs> excellent. Well, Maybe we'll, we'll have a little bit of a break and we'll, yeah, we'll finish off these last beers. Have we talked about them properly yet? Yeah, I think we had a rundown. Has anyone got any further opinions? I'm noticing what looks like oak chips or something in the bottle. Would that be accurate? Yeah, n- no doubt. Ripped straight out of the barrel, straight Excellent. into a bottle. Yeah, it's amazing. It, it tastes really good. Yeah, I, um, it, it hasn't... Oh, you, we mentioned it might have lost a bit of the smoke, but I don't think it's given up anything on the beer, though. Mm, mm. No, nice work. All right, we'll come back in a second and we'll uh, start grilling Josh on awesome. all, all things Moondog. Cool. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome we've, back to you, Luke. Thanks, Dave. I appreciate it. And you, Josh. Thank you very much. Um, we've just started drinking Black Lung Number 2. Josh, you want to tell us a little bit about this one? Well, I guess it's the uh, the natural evolution from Black Lung Number 1 uh, insofar as it's roughly the same beer, uh, kind of a big, heated uh, imperial oatmeal stout 
but it's been aged in whiskey whiskey casks that we got from Great Southern Distillery down in Albany. Mm. It'd be probably near on two years old now since we bottled it. And totally different from mm. Black Lung Wine. Completely yeah. different, yeah. Isn't it? It's crazy because I remember, um, yeah, the whiskey was really noticeable on the nose and as well as on the front palate and the nose is almost, it's there. But it's nowhere near as um, pungent as it yeah. as it originally was. The, the whiskey's kind of died away a little bit. The uh, mm. the smoke's kind of died away. The, but there's still a lot of oak character. But also on the mouth, it's smooth as silk. Mm. In terms of drinkability, yeah, it's, absolutely. It's, yeah. it's perfect. Eleven a.m. beer. Mm. Yeah. Oh, it's absolutely. That's 12, part 12 of the fun now. Come <laughs> and uh, join us for a little bit of a chat. Um, so this one, it is. I think almost dancing on the tongue in terms of carbonation. It's it's spot on. And um, I mentioned to you before we recorded that uh, I wanted to sort of talk about carbonation issues because you guys had some issues at the start that were kind of led to people on social media slamming you guys in various ways. Um, How does that, that, how do you take that as a brewery seeing that you've made, you know, some errors and then people openly slamming you? I guess we... we, um take it for what it is, which is uh, a very reasonable comment to be made on uh, a beer that we've made and someone's spent their hard-earned cash on. Um, however, the last three years, we've worked really hard to get our um, quality control right up to scratch. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a, a constant process of kind of evaluating what we're doing, getting new kit, working out how we can do things better. Um, and it's you know really a never-ending process. Um, In the early days, was there any one thing that got changed that was problematic, I, or was it just like yeah, a pr- probably the transition? Things? Transition. That's a nice word. Um, transition from um, entirely manual bottling to semi-automated bottling. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. we started out um, the first probably ten beers that we put out were using a little six-head manual filler. Um, I guess just the the level of precision and control that you can have over something like that was much much more challenging. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you know, right now we're using a, an eight head rotary filler with automated capping, and so it's basically just load on, take off, and Pretty it's just much sort of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, much much more uh, controllable. Um, we've got another five months of that line, and then we move on to an even more automated line. All right. Cool. And we move away from bottle conditioning and. Um, into force carbonating the beers. Mm, cool. So, yeah, the line's on, on its way from Germany as we speak. So you mentioned earlier while we were having the uh, Black Lung wine that that was one of the more challenging beers to get the carbonation right, and you had a couple of thoughts about that. Yeah. Look, we, um, the Black Lung one, uh, we had some issues mid-bottling, mid which meant that we had to stop the bottle, bottling run, and we um, ended up having to... Uh, Re, re, uh, recharge it with dextrose to, for the second bottling run and there must have been a small amount of residual sugar mm. and so it was almost like a double priming of the beer and it basically led to a bunch of the beers we just couldn't put out to market um, and some of them were a little bit, little little bit, bit gassy. Funky. Yeah, a little bit active. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the one that we poured just today was came out to say hello but then it settled down pretty quick in it. Yeah, went pretty well, didn't it? Mm. I think for a beer that's near on three years old, it presented pretty well. Mm. That's, um, 
So we're drinking three vintages of, of Black Lung. Um, how different is the brewery compared to the first one? I know you said the bottling one's different, um, but to the third one, you know, what's what's changed? So the, we um, you know, we didn't exactly start out with a, a mega budget. Um, and it was pretty pretty rustic, pretty handmade, what we were uh, using to make the beers. I guess we've gone from three 1,500-litre fermenters up to nine 2,500-litre fermenters. We've improved the bottling line. We've improved the brew house, made it much more automated. Uh, just overall heaps, heaps more control over what we're doing, which is which is great. And I guess it's the it's the the natural evolution. If you're constantly revisiting what you you know what you're trying to achieve and how you're going about it, then you keep on making improvements. And basically, every every dollar that we've made in the brewery has gone back into improving the brewery. So. It's, um, we've been living, living, living like paupers, but our beer is certainly, I think, um, hitting its straps. We had a little chat in the car park just before um, we came into the studio today, and I said to Josh, when I met him, he was DJing at what was once Biro when he had one. 30-litre keg, or was it a 50-litre keg? Oh, it was a full 50. A full, full 50, <laughs> pardon me, of a... Uh, gingerbread ale which was remarkable um and that was only probably four years ago and then the landscape's changed a lot in those four quick years hasn't it yeah beer's great you know mm. um people are getting more and more uh, interested in interesting beers and you know when we started out four years ago putting out the little individual kegs um there are a lot of a lot of people who said you know there's no market for you know, out there beers, you know, you got to have your pale and your your wheat and your and your, uh, I think uh, I remember the reaction to you got to have a pale was you guys saying okay we'll have a pale, so I went along to the night at Bureau when their pale was on and it was eleven and a half percent pale ale. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> tasty beer that one. It was really good. Yeah. <laughs> so speaking of that sort of standard beer, you got to have you guys probably have that now um, in the form of Love Tap. Yeah, we do. Yeah. Uh, a lager, probably four years ago, three years ago, you would have probably struggled to do that sort of conditioning and that and that sort of brewery. Or I, I imagine, you know, it's probably difficult to do on that scale. Um, when you sort of upgraded, is, did you think a lager would be your flagship beer or it just sort of evolved that way? It, it, it really came about by by chance. Um, Love Tap was initially released um, as just one of our specialty one-off batches um, as a seven and a bit percent imperial lager, and we just loved it. We it was it was really drinkable, but super hoppy and nice malt character and very clean. Um, and yeah, we just kept on making it, and then decided that we wanted to make it our permanent range beer and drop the alcohol a little bit to make it a bit more approachable. And yeah, it's it's kind of stuck. Mm. Am I right in in suggesting that when you went to Phoenix, you needed to? Is that where you who you were going through now? Yes, yeah, so yeah. Phoenix to all. And you needed to up your output to meet their requirements. Uh, is that right? Uh, not specifically to meet their requirements. We the grapevine could have uh, constantly clouded a few <laughs> uh, facts in this particular story. Yeah. No, there's certainly nothing like that. Um, we just. We want to keep on making more beer and getting people drinking our beers because oh well, it's we proved successful because 
you see any tap list now, and almost there's a good percentage of them in Melbourne that have Love Tap on. Yeah, it's it's going pretty well. Um, I guess it provides something a little bit different. It's um, you know, for all intents and purposes, it's either it's, it's a pale ale IPA kind of sitting in, in that kind of flavour flavour spectrum. Um, but I guess it it just provides something a little bit different. The the lager characters, you know, it's it's quite quite pronounced. Um, it's it's very drinkable. It's an interesting hot hop combination that we've used. What, what is, is it? it? By the way, yeah. We should know. It's on the label, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> um, I only drink it on tap, so I don't know. <laughs> so it, it's got, um, got Galaxy, Motueka, and um, Tetanang. So we, we try and use you know, the kind of New World hops yep. to give it you know, that really nice kind of tropical citrusy flavour. Yep. And then a little bit of the, the um, Tetanang, which is a little bit more earthy, mm. dirty. It's quite nice. Like quite lagery, you know. You had a wild look in your eye when you said earthy and dirty. <laughs> <laughs> the best possible way. <laughs> is that a is it an easier sell to have a lager in your range to approach a new bar and say, "Hey, we've got this." Yeah, it, it, it's kind of not. Um, <laughs> okay. You know, th- is it because there's so many out there? I think it's probably if if you're approaching a um, you know, a craft beer bar. Lager's still got a pretty dirty name. Yeah, it's in got craft. a stink towards it, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah which is, you know, pretty um, unjustified. It's. I remember we had a conversation about a year ago that was, let's. Why are we hating on lager so much? Let's yeah. make some good ones. Yeah, yeah. Let's turn this thing around. Yeah. I, just I'm a yeast man. Yeah, it's just a yeast. <laughs> <laughs> See, I'm a, I'm a massive fan of of lagers. Like a, a really good one, I think is is great. It's all really good. Um, I have sort of said on this podcast that I don't like the super hoppy India pale lager, uh, which is what, is what yours is. Um, and that's not because I don't like, actually like the, the taste of the beers. To me, it's I like a lager to, to be a lager. Um, but in saying that, your one, you, you're right, it has that sort of malt character that gives it that kind of lager, almost creaminess um, and drinkability. Uh, you know, it, I, that really comes from, we do put it through a proper lagering process. It, it, it'll, it'll sit, um, sit at near on zero degrees for up to four weeks um, after fermentation. So it really allows that, that, that character to develop and mm. it makes it, I think, something a little bit special. It's mm. not just uh, a busking it out in 10, 14 days. It's, it really takes time and a lot of effort and a lot of, lot of um, precision and control to get it just right. Awesome. So your beers generally, you know, as we're seeing from the ones we're drinking today, uh Bit of a hybrid, uh, confronting. You know, you, you, there's not too many of your beers that are, well, not really any other than I guess a lager that are one style, and even your lagers, as we said, it's not a traditional lager. Um, that's obviously a conscious approach from you guys. Yeah, make... yeah. We, we, I guess from from the outset, we wanted to make beers that we found really interesting, that we hoped other people would find really interesting and exciting. Um, so we've we've tried to make beers that. Uh, they're not specifically. They're not trying to be particularly style um, anti uh, style guidelines. We're just kind of making the beers that we find or we think are going to be pretty fun and tasty. Hmm. And so it's kind of led us to playing around with all kinds of different different approaches, from barrel aging to kind of hybrid styles and um, wild ales and big imperial this and that. It's just I don't know it's it's a we find it really fun and 
probably think people get a bit of a buzz out of it. So that's kind of that's what it should be about, isn't it? Hmm. Fun is fun. Hmm. Fun is fun. <laughs> um, and your your labels and your names and everything that I guess reflect that as well. There's a, a real, I guess, a unique style uh, that you guys have across your range. Um, is that again a conscious decision to have that strong branding, but they're all completely different? Yeah, yeah completely. Um, we really wholeheartedly believe that the, the experience of having a beer is not um, not just drinking the beer, it's it's the whole package. So it's understanding who we are and why we're going about it and providing a little bit of a laugh on the labels and just just trying to provide an all-round experience that's Whenever that's I see the Seinfeld episode where Kramer accuses George and Jerry of being in a perverse sexual amalgam, <laughs> it always does make me laugh and cast a thought your way. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> I, it's, it, beer's meant to be. I mean, we really think beer's meant to be fun. It's not. It's not a super serious uh, kind of business to be in, even even though it's a, you know they're serious businesses. But it, yeah, we we could be making you know chemical weapons or something like that. <laughs> it would be probably you know, less of an opportunity to to have a bit of a laugh along the right way. But yeah, it'd absolutely, be probably pretty horrible if you were laughing and making chemical weapons <laughs> at the same time. <laughs> um, I actually know someone that. I was a huge fan of, of the perverse sexual amalgam and then... Was it me? Uh, well, sorry, I know a lot of people okay, are huge fans. Right. Um, but they encouraged non-beer drinker friends to try it and almost turned them into good beer light lovers after that beer, um, which is pretty amazing when you think about what that beer is. Um, so, yeah, I guess it's kind of testament to the ethos of not just making a pale ale that, you know... Everyone Turning a craft someone into a craft beer drinker with that beer—that's that's, 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 yeah. that's very cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I think sometimes you need to grab people and sh- give them a shake. And, and to me, that's what your beers are doing. <laughs> um, you know, it's that. Well, okay, we're on the PSA. Doesn't... We're seeing that soon, aren't we? Is that yeah, re- really soon. Um, we've got a dozen barrels ready to be emptied, and probably near on a month. Oh, mm. I can't wait. What that. sort of same barrels as last time, or are they? Uh, no, no, they're, they're Shiraz barrels this time. We've got from Mitchelton Winery up in Nagambi. And what's, have you noticed a difference in what that's bringing? Yeah, the the um, the, the kind of um, the, the wine character does come through a little bit, but yeah, by and large, it's a really similar beer. Mm. I, I guess that's some of the uh, the fun of playing around with wild ales. Um, that it's not necessarily an exercise in making something that's exactly the same every single time. It's it's about allowing it just to well, evolve. I think that's highlighted with drinking three completely different black lungs yeah, today. Yeah. yeah. Um, am I all right? This could also be completely wrong through the grapevine. Am I right in saying that your uh, last vintage did not happen of PSA because your mum's sour cherry plant yeah, got ravaged by birds? Yeah, we couldn't we couldn't get any cherry plums. That's such a good story. <laughs> it was heartbreaking, <laughs> and it, it really is. It's a really hallmark character in that beer. Uh, it's it's a really interesting fruit. So um, all the fruit comes from your mum's tree, then, is it? Yeah, 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 yeah. great. Like that. <laughs> yeah, isn't yeah. that good? Yeah. So she she stews it up for us, and uh, we work it into the barrels and let the bugs kind of break Do it down. Do thing. Yeah. yeah. When people discuss what is craft in inverted commas, <laughs> maybe I guess you're using your mum's uh, cherry tree to to <laughs> make a beer is, is I think that's. Pretty much. Yeah, right. yeah, not doing a vintage because the birds got at your mum's cherry tree. That's a great reason to... <laughs> that's a good definition. Yeah, those birds are... Uh, they've got it coming. They've got it coming. <laughs> <laughs> we lost a lot of fruit to birds this year as well. I, I feel feel the pain. 
so we mentioned Good Beer Week earlier is coming up. You guys have got some pretty exciting events. What do you got going on? Um, it's, it's, it's a busy week. For starters, it's my niece's second birthday, so that's oh, that's pretty exciting. exciting. <laughs> <laughs> um, now we're brewing a beer with uh, John from Rogue, which is going to be Ace. Um, Rogue's kind of been a, um, a bit of an inspiration for us uh, the whole way along. It's, they just make incredible beers and they're interesting and thoughtful and they go about it in a fun way. So it's, They certainly are interesting. Yeah. It's, um, That's going to be a meeting of creative minds if we ever did see one. And we've, we've um, managed to get a dozen um, rogue spirits barrels shipped, shipped across, uh, or that be the Atlantic or the Pacific. One of the oceans. One of some oceans. Pacific, yeah. I think. The Pacific. I, I don't know which way the ship's going, but... Uh, no, neither do I. <laughs> some ocean. So you've got 12 barrels coming from the Rogue Distillery. How many different spirits is that? So there's three different spirits. Okay. Um, as I think the idea, at least at this stage, is that we're going to put the beer into the barrels, which is novel, I guess. <laughs> and then we're going to... We're not going to blend them back. We're just going to package them. Um, so kind of showcasing the the actual character that the, the individual spirits are providing. That sounds fine. How much are you sending back to America? I'm, I'm not sure at this stage. Just keep him. So keep the, the event's a, a brew day, um, so I think people can buy tickets, is that right? And yeah, And come along right. for the day. Yeah, come and have a... And then do they, are they the only ones that get the beer at the end? Or No, no, no. The, the beer will go out to everyone. Everyone in the world. <laughs> everyone in the world. Uh, that is, it's... Um, I, I'm sure that the the people that come along will get it. Yeah, get a, a few bottles. Have you had any uh, feedback on how your event ticket sales have gone so far? I think it's going really well. Oh, awesome! It's um, it's it's pretty limited. The uh, the rogue event. It's only 30, 30 tickets, I think. Yeah. But uh, it's going to be ace. The brew days are sort of like a pretty like showcase mark of good beer week, so they're always going to be pretty popular. Yeah, and yeah. it's it's um it's going to be soon after we open up our new bar in the. In the brewery. Maybe we'll talk about that a little bit after the Good Beer Week events. If I'm... It was on my list, you jumping ahead on the stuff. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Didn't provide him with a run sheet, and now he's just going wild. Um, loose, loose cannon. Um, uh, that sounds like an awesome event, though. Um, have you been chatting to John Yeah, yeah email? bouncing emails back and forth. Awesome. And, uh, he's, he's, he just seems like a really cool cat. So what are the beer, what's the beer going to be? Any, any insights? Or is that just going to be decided on the day? No, no, at this stage it's... Um, or it'll be a big beer, but it'll be a big um, barley, wine-ish, reddish something. Yeah. So it's, <laughs> hopefully we're able to smuggle some some hops in from um, Rogue Farms. Oh, that'll just make it a beautiful little package yeah. right, into the Rogue barrels. Yeah, what are the, did we talk? Have we talked about what spirits they are yet? Um, we haven't. They're, they're, there's two different types of whiskey, and I think there's a pink spruce gin. Wow! So it's uh, pink spruce gin. Yeah, so it's Pinot barrels that they they put their their, their gin into, and I guess they add some spruce. All right, the spruce mousse. Yeah, there. wow, that's uh, that's exciting. I, I'm actually really interested to see how that works out. Yeah, yeah that'll be fun. What are the other ones you got going for the week? Uh, we're we're um, going to play around a little bit with Garage Project from from Wellington. Which would be great. We are. Very apt partnership. I would yeah, have I can see yep. some similarities in you, your both both of your approaches. Yeah, they're just really wonderful guys and um, love making interesting beers. So, what's the details with that particular event? Well, we're still uh, still organising it, but it's at the the local 
in St Kilda, the tap mm-hmm. house. Um, and the idea is that we're going to be making some beers in in concert. Uh, so a little bit of flying over the Tasman to make a bit of beer mm. and then uh, presenting it on the night. So Sounds I think fun. it's just a um, free entry type thing. Come along, cool. enjoy some, some interesting beers and Sounds great. have a bit of fun. This be the first time you've worked with Garage Project? Uh, no, we, we did a just a single keg batch of a, um, what was it? It was a chai, a chai brown stout. Of course. Uh, over there? Yeah, over there. Yeah, okay. Which was, um, I never got to taste, but it's a beer that I'd love to, love to, uh, yeah. yeah, for sure. Uh, we we tried really unsuccessfully to, to provide the uh, the bitterness from steeping uh, chai tea to try and get the kind of the bitter character out of the tea. It's pretty vulgar, so, uh, <laughs> so we didn't actually add that into the beer. Because that really seems like a uh, a match made in heaven. <laughs> Moon Dog and Garage Project. It sounds like it would have been loaded with tannin and yeah, kind was, of rubbery or something. Yeah, really, um, really not pleasant. Certainly not the bitterness that we were hoping for. <laughs> Um, That's cool. And what's the other one? Is there a third one, if I'm not mistaken? We're, we're also doing another a dinner with Rogue. So we're oh, spending, right, cool. spending time yeah. with Rogue um, at uh, Belgian beer cafe Eureka, which will be really fun just uh, matching up with some food. And awesome. Just having a bit of fun. And, of course, uh, Abbey Calabi number four mm. uh, on the Wednesday night at Mountain Goat. So That's always a great night. It's cracking night. Do you know what they're gonna, if they're going to have any specials from the – from any previous vintages, possibly the they the do. They've got a because uh, 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 last year the second one, the Imperial Stout, was magnificent. It, it was, was really so tasty. Good, yeah. Um, so I don't so, know whether there's any of that left, but they've always got something up their sleeve. Their sleeve, excellent. I almost all of the, well, not all two of those events completely passed me by in terms of looking through the schedule and going, I didn't, I didn't notice them, and they would have stuck out. There are so many events during Good Beer. Oh, it's, <laughs> it's crazy. Ridiculous. For any details that you want to get over um, these events and any other event, go to goodbeerweek.com.au and mm. you will find out all about it. And if you don't live in Melbourne, uh, which I know we have a couple of listeners around around the world actually have spotted lately. You're joking. Yeah. Going international. Uh, check it out. Hi, Phil. <laughs> More than just New Zealand as well. Um, now, speaking of New Zealand and Garage Project, do you guys have some distribution in New Zealand now or...? Yeah, we've we've had beers going over um, for about twelve months, I think. Through um, Hashigozaki. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, now beers without borders, mm. uh, NZ. So, yeah, it's it's great. You're almost the only New Zealand, oh, sorry, Australian brewery sending beers over there at the moment. I think. Yeah, it's it surprised me. Mm. Um, I, it's 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 great. You know, New Zealanders love be, love good beer, and mm-hmm. Wellington's just. Shock a block with fantastic bars and breweries. Well, they have your bottles in um, in a, in a fridge behind the bar with other ridiculous beers, and it just fits in. Just <laughs> looks like it belongs there. Yeah, it's a pretty um, competitive market as well over there. Yeah, every time you go back, there's four or five more breweries that you're like, I've never heard of these guys, and they're making brilliant beer. Yeah, yeah. but yeah, it's surprising. There's not more heading that way. Um, there's a lot heading this way. Yeah, exactly. Why don't we uh, throw you a bone? We're only two guys, Luke. (laughs) Um, Now, you mentioned your bar, and 
you said you haven't got an opening day yet, but everything's sort of still in the, in the works. Yeah, yeah. So we're, we're, I'd say we're 96.5% there. 96.5%. Uh, yeah. Precise. Um, About three and a half will go by just <laughs> so quickly. Yeah, oh, whatever. So we're just um, just waiting on the finalisation of the liquor licence. Um, so everything from the council's under control, everything from the building commission's under control. Um, the bar's getting installed... Um, next week, I think. So it's 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 pretty exciting. Mm-hmm. It's just a... That's great. So you said they were going you're going to be open Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Yeah. If I'm a um, a guy that's after a beer on a Friday night and I'm coming along to your bar, what kind of a thing am I expecting? Well, you should expect some some rocking eighties tunes. All right. <laughs> I love rocking eighties tunes. So, yeah. <laughs> Maybe a, um, a plastic palm tree or two. Um, some big comfortable couches. I did see photos of that you put on Facebook or something, and they do look really comfortable. Yeah, we're really um, focusing heavily on the comfortable, maybe 1960s, 1970s right. uh, armchairs. So it's um, we're just trying to uh, try and provide a place that's really comfortable, cosy, nice beer, eight, uh, eight taps, um, some brewery-only beers. Um, and you were going to have a permanent... PSA tap, or was that a dream that I had once? Um, it could have been a dream. Oh, okay, but right. there, was, there will be a PSA tap um, shortly after the opening. So wonderful news! Yeah, so it's going to be great. That's pretty exciting. Yeah, I'm looking forward to and it. One um, one rotating guest tap, which oh. I think will be really fun. Yeah, cool. awesome. are you, you going to uh, you know source something crazy each time for the guest tap, or is it going to be? Oh, I think we'd really like to get get beers from breweries that we've that we've played around with. So yeah, that, cool. So we've we've made beers with all kinds of great breweries from around the around the traps, and uh, I think it'd be just really nice to get that kind of full circle thing happening. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Um, synergistic relationship. Absolutely. Yeah. Sounds like the name of one of their beers. <laughs> <laughs> synergistic relationship. Um, that can be what the tap's called. You can have that. The synergistic relationship yeah. tap. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. Uh, Anything, uh, I guess, else you want to add about beer and your brewery or Good Beer Week or anything? Oh, look, it's um, not not particularly, but you know, we're having a ball. I'm hoping that everyone's really enjoying our beers and we're just going to keep on making stuff that we think is fun and hopefully you guys can come down for a beer with us at the brewery. I'm sure our arms could be twisted into yeah, I think so. beer. I think you're probably right, yeah. Well, we've been talking for a little while. Maybe yeah. we should have a little bit of a break. Let's have a break and we'll come back with the third in the Black Lung series uh, in a couple of minutes. Cool. A couple of seconds. I always get that wrong. All right, welcome back, everyone. We've just uh, had a taste of the third Black Lung. Josh, you want to give us a bit of a rundown? The third one is, um, I guess, not dissimilar to the first and the second, but it was aged in rum barrels that we got from the Hoochery Distillery. It's a in, cracking distillery name. Mm. Yeah, really, really cracking distillery too, up in northern WA, um, right near the, the border of uh, the Northern Territory. Oh, wow. How do you go about getting these the barrels? Do you just give them a call and say... Yeah, really, very much that. Just would love to get the barrels for... And they go, yeah, sure. So sweet. That's yeah. a good model <laughs> so far. Yeah. Just um, while we're mentioning Northern Territory, you're also sourcing watermelons during 
winter from Northern Territory. Is that right? Yeah, 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 yeah we are. But it's it's greatly simplified from what I thought it initially would be in that we can just go through a wholesaler in Melbourne, <laughs> 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 which is okay. which is much much uh, easier. Yeah. And that, that's for the Beyond to Boogie. That's right for the Beyond to Boogie. So that, is that part of your regular range now as well? It is. It, it'll more than likely get swapped out in kind of June thereabouts mm. for something that's a little bit more seasonally appropriate. Um, but yeah, we haven't quite worked out the details of that yet. I was going to say any hints for us, but yeah. if you haven't worked it out yourself, it's... yeah, we really need, we need to work that out pretty soon because <laughs> time is a ticking. Mm-hmm. It's a pretty darn tasty beer too. The Beyond to Boogie. Um, the other thing we I guess forgot to ask before was the Great Australian Beer Spectacular, which is now part of the Good Beer Week, and you guys are doing a beer for that. What's what are you doing? We're doing a porter with rye, mm. and we're putting some chicory and some cold drip coffee and something else. Chicory and cold drip coffee is really on trend right now. You guys are <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it's um, it's called um, cold drip war, I think, and, and I think it was it was a it was a it was a gag that we we managed to snag off Wikipedia when we were traipsing around and discovered that during the Cold War there was a coffee shortage in Russia. Wow! Um, and so they had to think of that. You go on a war and you can't have a cup of coffee in the morning. Particularly the winter times in Russia. God, coffee would be lovely. But they, they, they made do and they mixed chicory with rye and the other ingredient that I've forgotten to make a coffee substitute. Wow. Do you know what always a, like surprises me is that no matter how ridiculous sounding the names of your beers are, they're always a lot more relative than you think than you might think they would be. I just got a little history lesson then. I yeah, don't exactly. know how it happened. I look with with my major in Russian history that I as I have. <laughs> really? Yeah, really. Okay. It's a good tidbit to have, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Jeez, you hit it here first. Even though I, I didn't actually know about the, uh, the the coffee crisis, Wikipedia had to teach that to me. But I wonder if it's just been made up by someone. It if it's Wikipedia, yeah. Look, I, I wouldn't worry too much about no, it. No, but we've put a second source about it now, so is it, that, that happened. I yeah. can't see Stalin coming down and telling <laughs> us that we're wrong. <laughs> uh, what do you think of the, the third one, Dave? Uh, it's definitely the smoke's more retained, I guess. It's What is it now, about a year old? Yeah, probably 10 months, mm. something like that. Uh, the rum characteristic is more present in the nose. There's a bit more of that smokiness. It's, mm. Is this one the same ABV as two? It's a little bit more. A little more. So it's up to 8.7. Because it drinks just as easily. Hmm. Josh, what do, you, what do you think of it? I, I'm, I'm, I'm stoked with it. It tastes, to me, very much like it tasted when it first came out. Hmm. Uh, the rum's maybe died down a little bit. Um, yeah, it's pretty smooth. Hmm. I, yeah, I really like it. I think two's probably been my favourite so far. That just surprised me with the mouthfeel was yeah, spot on. Yeah, it was on. beautiful. Um, but that's, yeah. All of them have been really good considering the age on one and two. It's, um, yeah, really, really, they, they've held up so well. Yeah, I'm pretty happy with it. Hmm. Um, all righty, let's head to our, our sort of final segment, which will be some recommendations. Uh, 
Dave, do you want to kick it off with? Yeah, I'll kick off. We'll have a beer recommendation first. A couple of nights ago, I had a uh, a farmhouse ale from Stillwater Brewing Company from America. Mm. Um, They're going to be out for Good Beer Week. They are. I'm looking forward to it immensely. Uh, They do excellent farmhouse Mm. saison style beers, and this one was in a can. Oh, canned saison. Think of that. Yeah. Yes. and it was wonderful. It was called the Classique. It was just, they just know how to make that style of beer and they would bang on and it was delicious. Hmm. So that's mine. What do you cool. got? Um, uh, the Killer Sprocket Amber Ale, which is um, a beer out of Melbourne that kind of just appeared on shelves. Yeah, so, without much fanfare. Yeah, six months ago. Maybe a bit longer than that mm. even. But. And I think most people when they saw it just figured, a lot of people I know when they saw it figured that it was a, a sort of cynical contract uh, marketing beer, as you know those those ones that you see pop up on shelves quite often are. But then when when I got to taste it, I realised that it was a really really solid, um, rich, vibrant amber ale, um, and it's still sort of going under the radar. It's sort of winning a you know a few fans, um, but yeah, check it out if you haven't already. It's or... a really good multi amber ale, mm. very nice. And we had a, a chat to the brewer, um, which will feature. In the upcoming episode, at some stage between now and Good Beer Week, yeah, that'll be on. He's a great dude, Sean. Yeah, we uh, were told the wrong name. Yeah. Someone told us his name was Seth, and we went. We up made and said, fools of ourselves, mm. and then we talked to him, and we probably made it a little bit more of a fool of ourselves. But I um, think he understood that yeah, someone yeah, yeah. lied to us. Um, Josh, yeah. any uh, beer recommendations from you? Yeah, um, our good friends at Mountain Goat. Their new India Red Ale mm. uh, Red Breeders, absolutely sublime. Is it? That's it's, one that I'd, that's eluded me so far. It's so. magical. It, it's, uh, they worked with a relatively new maltster in New Zealand called Gladfield to develop a, uh, a like a red malt, a caramel malt, and it's just magical. Mm. Great. Really good beer. Awesome. Non-beer recommendation, Dave? Yeah, well, while I was in Beechworth, I um, went to the uh, sign up for the Beechworth uh, Asylum Goats Tour, which is an asylum that they had in Beechworth where they really committed a lot of people who probably shouldn't have been committed just if they're a bit jittery or if they, if a wife was divorced by her husband, she'd be sent to this asylum. And... Uh, <laughs> There's a few, a few different because it's like that's like a ghost mecca apparently around that area, um, but this particular one was very eerie. Wait, the whole Beechworth area is yes. a ghost mecca? Yeah, apparently, yeah. So uh, you can get more information at the Beechworth Ghost Tours website. Uh, but the particular asylum, the eeriness around it is the fact that while it was in operation, there was over nine and a half thousand people died there. So uh, very, very strange. Uh, the ghost tour itself was a lot of fun. In our group, we had a bunch of about six girls who just were petrified, absolutely petrified. So it was wonderful. I'm a little uh, bit petrified myself right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, and the other thing that while they were there as part of their um, therapy, some of these people who ranged from jittery people committed to complete psychopathic uh just people that should not be in society, hence they were in this asylum. Uh, their therapy included making children's toys. So when you went through the toy shop section of this place, seeing some what they considered children's toys, it was really, really 
eerie. That sounds amazing. <laughs> it's, and it terrifying, but amazing. such a fun time. And then, like, all the other normal people drove there. We walked there. So we left at 12.30 in the complete <laughs> darkness, just <laughs> looking over our shoulder at every single turn. But it was highly enjoyable, and I recommend it if you wanted to go up to Beechworth. Unfortunately, and... your way home took you through a forest and an abandoned warehouse. <laughs> it was not dissimilar to that, actually. And there was, like a cow paddock in the darkness. So we keep hearing these things walking around. We had no idea what it was. Uh, no, no, very, very good. It was really enjoyable. Yeah, you, Luke? Yeah, great. Uh, I'm reading a book at the moment, which I'm really enjoying. Um, I can never remember the name of books. So I'm going to have to look it up quickly. Uh, it's by Louis Thoreau, uh, the documentary maker from England. And he wrote a book. It's from 2005, I think. My phone is not telling me. Uh, and it was basically a follow-up to his first series of Weird Weekends where he went and hung out with some American weirdos, some you know, porn stars, um, hung out at a brothel, um, I'm trying to think where else, some one guy who was an alien hunter who'd killed 10 aliens. And so this book is sort of a follow-up to that and going and finding them again and sort of unpacking his feelings towards these people that he became kind of friends with. Um, so, you know meeting a Nazi sympathiser again and, and sort of realising that he kind of likes him but then realising this guy's a crazy white supremacist. So thank you to our producer. Uh, it's called The Call of the Weird, Travels in American Subcultures. Um, and it's really interesting. I know a lot of people have seen his documentaries and they're being played on ABC2 again. So if you've seen them, enjoyed them, check out his book. So how many uh, scalps does the alien hunter now have? He's actually retired. Uh, he, he had 10 scalps. Now he's a, um, I think he's selling just sort of general psychic stuff. Okay. Um, right. But he was up to 10. Um, he couldn't prove any of them, but. You know, You're joking. Yeah, he was doing right for himself. Yeah, he was. More than I've killed. <laughs> well, yeah. have you, how many have you killed, Josh? Uh, not, not, not too many. Not too many. Uh, but you on the brow of the bar, I would have thought. A man's got to do what a man's got to do. <laughs> yeah, when they, when they come up, you've got to take care of business. <laughs> Um, but, yeah, I'm really enjoying it. I'm, I'm halfway through. Uh, so, yeah, highly recommended. All right, Josh, what do you got for us? Look, I'm, I'm really, really excited about the start of the AFL season. Oh, oh tell I'm me so that. excited GWS about it. GWS got up with the Swans last night. GWS and Gold Coast. Yeah, well, I, I tipped Gold Coast. I'm, I was right on that one. But uh, very, very fantastic. exciting. Yeah. And I, I, it really snuck up on me. Um, I was only playing cricket maybe two weekends ago. Mm. And then all of a sudden... It's the here, footy season's in upon us, and, and I'm and I'm just over the moon. Oh, wonderful recommendation! I'm just excited now thinking about it. So let's um, unveil some colours here, Josh. What's your uh, team? Look, I, I support the the mighty Carlton Football Club, who'll be going to battle in a couple of hours. I would have thought. Is that right? Seven forty pm. Oh, tonight is it? Well, well you don't know when I recorded this, so yeah, a couple of hours. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't want to talk about it, Luke. Well, you don't want to talk about it. Why you... Oh, I'm a Kilda supporter. So, um, <laughs> on the way up, I hear. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, it's very true. When you're at the very, very bottom and GWS just pummel Sydney into the ground, uh, the only way is up. I'm a, uh, a Western Bulldog supporter and it's actually looking up for us, I think. Like in it. End of, end of the only thing that season. concerns me about the Bulldogs is there's no anchor at each end, there's this like rich midfield and um, just missing that anchor at each end. I think the anchors are going to come. They're going to come. 
I don't know. I'm just I'm just hopeful. Just just give me some hope okay. at the start of the season. Uh, we need to stop this because I'll talk footy for as long <laughs> as that microphone is switched on. So um, let's have, give a big thanks to Josh for coming in. Yeah, it's, just, it's I, been great. I really enjoyed this episode. So mm. looking forward to listening back to it when it pops or does whatever it does. Drops. When, when it drops. It's like an album, I think. Yeah, I guess drops. so. Um, yeah, so thanks, Josh. No, my pleasure. It's been great. Uh, greatly enjoyable experience. Good. That's what we like to hear. Mm, um, and uh, we'll leave this episode with a short interview I did with uh, Adrian from Brewsmith, which is a brew-your-own kind of homebrew setup. Um, and you get a, a five-litre bottle and some homebrew gear you can buy. And he told me about his event for Good Beer Week and just a, a couple of little bits and pieces about Brewsmith itself. So, yeah, enjoy. And for the next few episodes up until Good Beer Week, we're just going to have a little bit of a uh, Q&A mm. tacked on the end that we got at the Good Beer Showcase with a couple of different characters. So mm. hopefully that's a bit of fun, a bit insightful, and yeah, so a bit of a preview to what's upcoming in the best of beer weeks. So this will be the first in a, a little bit of a mini-series. Um, so thanks, Adrian, for your time, and, um, yeah, enjoy. We'll see you all in two weeks. See you guys. Bye-bye. We are um, we're running an event called Around the World in Eight Beers at Shabin. Uh, they kind of missed our logo in the program, so just look for Shabin, but uh, that's us running it. Um, basically, we're brewing a special beer on the night with something uh, interesting, it's a, a few strange ingredients from around the world. Any hints on what that might be? We're deciding it on the night. They, they do the charitable um, sort of non-profit kind of thing, is that right? They do, uh, and... Every uh, ticket actually includes a donation to the Shabin charity of your choice. So, yeah, take a look. That's great. Um, is that something that's important to you guys to get on board with that kind of a thing? We should probably do more of it. And um, I love Shabin, so that's why we're working with them. Now, I've noticed uh, we're at the Good Beer Showcase, and you've got beers on tap at the moment. This is this a first for you guys? Yeah, we've been playing with kegs recently. It's just for promotion at the moment, but um, yeah, kegs are much more uh, handy for serving hundreds of people beer. And we, we ran out of beer last year, and we didn't want to repeat that. So we have five kegs worth. Um, we'll see if they last. So you're primarily homebrew uh, system selling to the public. Putting it in kegs, any, any chance we'll see it on tap at a bar or anything at some point? Sounds like a great idea. We need to uh, hook up with a local brewery to get that started. Excellent. Well, thanks for your time.